You're listening to the AISTS Master of Sports Administration podcast, created by Dr. Boris Gojanovich as part of the program Sports Medicine Module. In this series, we attempt to discover, understand, and debate the important issues in the world of sports medicine. Bureau de la Monse, le programme spécial en anglais. Welcome to Health and Diet. This is Jiao. It is our great pleasure to have two experts from national sport and medicine industry, uh, Indian and Taiwan, who will be talking about a much researched topic regarding to fats and carbohydrates and their roles in general health and athletic performance. Si vous avez questions, bienvenue de vous téléphoner. We all know that if we want to lose weight and lose fat, to be exact, we need to keep a rather strict diet or low fat and higher protein. And if we do enough training, carbohydrates are essential to the diet. For those elite athletes, it seems that they have or ripped abs, toned biceps. 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 <laughs> biceps. Well, huge muscles in general. I heard most of them could have down to seven percent body fat. Is that true? Well, indeed, this is the general impression of athletes. The pursuit of、uh, sport performance is not the same with、uh, maintaining health in general, and there is diversity in the sports worlds. For example,、um, a professional football player has. Different body type and composition from a gymnast, marathon runner, or a swimmer.、Mm, the kind of diets needed to be able to perform at the elite level are also very different. How come the high fat diet is put on the spotlight recently? Well, before I get into that, let me talk a bit about how our body produces energy in general. There are two major ways the body converts nutrition to energy. First is Aerobic pathway. The other is anaerobic pathway. Of course, these two pathways can be further divided. Most often, it is a combination of energy systems that supply the fuel needed for exercise, with the intensity and duration of the exercise determining which method gets used when. For example, one anaerobic pathway is the ATP/CP anaerobic energy pathway. It supplies about 10 seconds worth of energy and is used for short bursts of exercise, such as a 100-meter sprint. The anaerobic energy pathway, or glycolysis, creates ATP exclusively from carbohydrates, which provides energy by the partial breakdown of glucose without a need for oxygen. Um, if I understand it correctly, if we do short intensity exercise, all we need is to consume carbohydrate. Well,、uh, it is more or less right, but the reality is a bit complicated. The, pro- the procedure of the aerobic pathway is longer, therefore slower, but way more efficient in terms of the ratio of the amount of energy intake and produced. There's a lot more energy reserved in our body as fats than carbohydrate. In addition, fat is essential not only in energy production but also to protect the organs and as a protective layer for body heat insulation. It seems a bit complicated. Let's see if our audience understands it or yet. Or here comes to a call. Hello, Monsieur. Vous habitez comment? Hello.、Uh, uh, my name is、uh, Lee Kuan Yew from Singapore. I understand that both carbohydrate and fat are important in producing energy for our body, especially during exercise. What is ATP exactly? And as a recreational runner,、uh, would you suggest to take the high-fat diet? 
Well, thanks for the question, Lee Kwan. Uh, ATP is the acronym for adenosine triphosphate. It is the molecular unit of energy in our body produced only in the mitochondria of the cell. In athletic performance, movement is dependent on efficiency of muscle contraction, and to contract, muscles need energy. ATP provides that energy. Now, this energy is continuously depleted during physical activity, but the good news is it is reversible and can be replenished. Glycogen is one of the source for producing this energy. Fat is the other. Now, elite athletes, especially those in endurance sports like marathon, have been seeking to enhance this performance through every possible way. However, carbohydrates stored in our body is not enough to sustain their level of performance. Therefore, they seek for a specific training that could metabolically adapt the body to utilize the fat more effectively because our body has a vast store of fat which is largely unused. Wan Jing, would you like to add something to this question? Well, whether you should uh, adopt it or not depends on various factors. At first, you, sh- you need to identify the reason why the expected progress was stymied. It could be your running economy, um, stiffness of joint, or body composition. Changing the diet takes time for your body to adapt. The adapting time could vary from two to six weeks depending on individuals. And as of now, findings of research have not yet reached a consensus. For example, Hoppler's uh, 2003 conducted research on highly trained athletes with five weeks of high-fat or low-fat diets using a randomized crossover design. There was no reported change in maximum aerobic or power capacity as well as uh, muscle glycogen levels. But evidence did show an increased intramuscular triglyceride, lower uh, blood lactate and respiratory exchange ratio after high-fat diet, which is an indicator of the fat that is used more effectively in our body. Thanks again, Mr. Lee, for your calling. Uh, how about the performance? And I believe we all care about how the performance could be boosted through different diets. We indeed do care about performance. Now, to talk about performance, we'll have to go back to look at history of researches done in this area. In 1994, Mio et al., in 1999, Pogliaghi et al., and Bork and Holly recently in 2001, conducted a series of high-fat, low-carbohydrate tests that resulted in increased fat oxidation during submaximal exercises. Now, these evidences are all positive signs, but unfortunately, no significant in, in performance was seen. Well, thanks for the history, but since the environment and the habit has changed a lot in the past decades, do you have more recent findings? Well, recent research is conducted not only with athletes, but findings are actually very interesting. For example, in 2014, Bosano and Nob published an article performed a 12-month randomized trial study with 150 racially diverse obese black and white adults, men and women. They found that high-fat groups resulted in greater weight loss and reduction in cardiovascular risk factors than the other group and actually had significantly greater reduction in body fat and improvements in lean muscle mass. Most of all, low-fat group lost more muscles than fat, which is not ideal for athletes. To sum up, 
Low carbon, high fat diet is metabolically efficient. Well,、uh, to add to this, I would quote a very interesting and insightful publication from 2014 called "Rethinking Fat as a Fuel for Endurance Exercise." The finding in this research noted that even the leanest marathon runner harbors in excess of 30,000 kilocalories of adipose tissue reserve, which is much greater than the maximum carbohydrate stores in the body. Now, extreme low amount of carbohydrate intake and high fat diets. Induces a process called ketogenesis, resulting in production of ketone bodies by breakdown of fatty acids. Now, ketones are the alternative source of energy when the body runs out of glucose and blood. Ketones also help maintain performance by providing this alternate energy source for the brain, thus sparing the glycogen store because the brain generally uses 60 to 70 percent of total body glucose requirement. It sounds a very positive finding that, with the help of the ketone diet, in du-、uh, enhancing endurance performances is actually not too long a way to go. The most efficient approach to accelerate the body's ability to oxidize the fat is to lower dietary carbohydrate intake to a level that results in nutritious ketones. Ketones will increase in fat intake for a period of several weeks. Shift to fatty acid and ketone as primary fuels when dietary carbohydrate is restricted could be beneficial for some athletes. Well, exactly. However, do bear in mind that the switch of diet is likely to disrupt your training. Performance actually declines dramatically during the first several weeks, and the time it takes for adaptation ranges from two to six weeks, depending on a lot、uh, your individual's、uh, adaptabilities. Thank you, thank you all for today. The experts, the audience, more health information. Stay tuned to see you tomorrow at the same times. Au revoir. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you've got questions or comments, share them directly on this track on the AISTS MSA SoundCloud page, or visit us at www.aists.org. <laughs>